1: Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are taking on the Oakland Athletics this weekend. A nice win on Friday night, scoring 10 runs once again as the Indians' offense has really perked up this week. And the Tribe heads into play on Saturday with an 11-and-a-half game lead over the second-place Twins in the American League Central Division, and we are not even At the All-Star break yet, Indians playing some good baseball. Winners of five straight heading into play on Saturday. We begin this week's show with a look back at the week in review. And don't forget to stay with us as joining us on our show this week will be Indians first baseman Yonder Alonso. Also, Cody Allen will join us. He broke the record for saves in franchise history earlier this week with saves in back-to-back games at Kansas City, now with 140 in his outstanding tribe career. Mark Zepchinski will stop by. Newly acquired, but a familiar name from the past out of that Indians bullpen. And we'll talk international signings as well with the Indian Senior Director of International Scouting, Paul Gillespie. So a lot to get to on this week's show. But first, our Week in Review, and we begin on Monday night, In Kansas City, Indians coming off a victory on Sunday in Oakland, trying to keep it going on their long road trip with the final leg in Kansas City that started on Monday night. And while it was not the start you'd expect in the early innings from Corey Kluber on the mound, the Royals did put up two runs in the bottom of the first inning to take an early 2-0 lead. That lead did not last long for Kansas City, as in the third, sacrifice flies from Michael Brantley and Edwin Encarnacion Brought the Indians back to even at 2-2. Then in the fourth, Francisco Lindor stepped in with the bases loaded. Now Junis is ready. The 3-1 pitch. Swung on, driven high, and deep to right. Grand slam, Lindor! Francisco Lindor goes deep with the sacks jammed, and the Indians lead it 6-2. And that, my friends, was not a cheapie. The bullpens are behind the wall in right and left. And that ball cleared the bullpen in right field into the first several rows of seats. Number 22 on the season for Frankie Lindor, and it's a grand slam. Meanwhile, on the mound, after giving up those two runs in the first inning, Corey Kluber found his groove, and, man, he was locked in. The 0-1. Swung on, lined on one hop to Kipnis, the second baseman. Throws on to first in time for the out. And Corey Kluber is on cruise control now. He sets him down in order in the fifth. In the top half of the sixth inning, Lindor continued what would prove to be a huge night for him. Here's the pitch to Lindor. He swings and drives one. Another rocket deep to right center. Home run, Lindor. Oh, the kid's having a night tonight. It's a three-run bomb for Lindor. And the Indians are piling it on. It's now 9-2. Tribe in front. Lindor with a two-home run, seven-RBI night. That is his career best in runs driven in. And that ends the night for Jacob Junis. But what a night for Frankie Lindor. Seven runs driven in on the night for Lindor was a career best and also equaled the Indians franchise record for RBIs from a shortstop. So the Indians won it by that nine to three final score on Monday night. Then it was on to Tuesday night. Shane Bieber against Danny Duffy the pitching matchup, and it was the Indians who jumped out to the early lead thanks to Jose Ramirez in the first inning. Here's his pitch. And Ramirez taps it off the glove of Duffy. It trickles out to the shortstop, and there'll be no play. Lindor scores. Ramirez is safe at first. Brantley moves up to second, and the Indians grab a 1-0 lead on one of the softer singles of the season for Jose Ramirez. A chopper back to the mound, and Duffy got a glove on it, but it tipped off the webbing of his glove, and once that happened, all hands were safe. Yonder Alonzo added a sacrifice fly in the first to make it 2-0 Tribe, but the Royals answered. Two runs in the bottom of the first inning tied the game. Two more in the second gave Kansas City a 4-2 lead. So a difficult start for Shane Bieber, but much like Corey Kluber did the previous night, Shane Bieber was able to find it, and he kept the Indians in the game. Here comes Bieber's 1-2 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. Brantley backing up on it. And the left fielder makes the catch to retire the side. And we feel confident that that is the end for Bieber. If it is, what a finish. He sets him down in order in the sixth. Then in the sixth, the Tribe looked to regain the lead. The bases were loaded for Jan Gomes. Here's the 1-0 to Gomes. He swings and launches one high and deep to left into the bullpen. A grand slam for Gomes. And the Indians have turned this game completely around. It's the Tribe 6, Kansas City 4 on Grand Slam number 8 as a team for the Tribe. Grand slams and back-to-back games for the Indians. What a remarkable year in terms of hitting with the bases loaded for the Tribe. The Indians' remarkable season with the bases loaded continues. The Grand Slam by Gomes was the Indians' eighth on the season, just one shy of the Major League Best by the Cincinnati Reds. And maybe even more impressively, the Indians are hitting close to 400 with the bases loaded. Now, back on the mound, it was the steady duo of Neil Ramirez and Oliver Perez in the late innings holding down that two-run lead before turning it over to Cody Allen, who was looking for... A milestone equaling save. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. Bradley near the track, under it, makes the catch. And Allen hangs on. He saves it, and the Indians win it by a final score of 6-4. And tip of the cap to Cody Allen as he ties Bob Wickman's franchise record in saves with career save number 130. Nine. so there it was save number 139 to tie bob wickman's franchise record and the indians had the six to four win over kc wednesday looking for the sweep on the fourth of july the indians and royals meeting and michael brantley had some first inning fireworks here's the one two pitch swung on line drive down the right field line fair ball headed to the corner This will score Lindor easily. On his way to second is Michael Brantley. He's in with an RBI stand-up double, and the Indians grab a 1-0 lead. Vintage Michael Brantley right there getting a pitch that he could handle on the inner part of the plate, but again it was up, and we've seen that from Oaks so far tonight. A lot of his pitches up in that hitting zone. So Brantley now with 48 runs driven in. That's his 20th double. Sacrifice flies from Edwin Encarnacion and Greg Allen. Gave the Indians a 3-0 lead. And Trevor Bauer, meanwhile, was dealing on the mound. Here's the 2-2. Breaking ball. Called. Strike three on the outside corner. Bauer catches Gordon looking. Side retired in order with a couple of strikeouts. Well, we skip ahead to the eighth inning. Kansas City trailing 3-2 with Whit Merrifield at second base. One out. Looking to make something happen but Roberto Perez, tribe catcher, wasn't having it. Here comes the 0-1. Merrifield takes off for third. Pitches up and in. Throw by Perez. He got him at third. Good tag by Ramirez. And Merrifield, as the tying run, is gunned down at third base by Roberto Perez. Boy, we could look back at that as the play of the game. A perfect throw by Perez. Oliver Perez got the final out in the eighth, and then in the ninth, it was Cody Allen claiming the top spot in the Indians' record books. Allen's ready. Checks the runner. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Bounced up there, did he check it? No, he went around! The first base umpire field in said he went too far. That is strike three. And the Indians have a sweep here in Kansas City as they win it tonight. 3-2 to two over the Royals. Oh, vintage Cody Allen right there is now Allen with 140 career saves, is at the top of the list by himself in terms of the franchise record for the Indians. So great work by Cody Allen, and we will hear from the Tribe Closer a little bit later on in our show. But when we return, it's Yonder Alonzo, Indians first baseman stopping by to talk hitting and much more. When we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network,
2: talking baseball talking tribe. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. <laughs> I take a bit of a risk singing that song. But, well, of course, the one place I never take chances is the road, where Progressive Snapshot rewards your safe driving. A good driver plus Snapshot equals big discounts. And speaking of math, one plus one equals two, little too late.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. <laughs>
1: Swung on, and there's a high fly ball, dead center. Back on it, Canna at the wall, and it hits high off the wall. In play, extra bases for Alonso, oh, and Encarnacion out. got hung up at second because Ramirez stopped at third. One run scores, that's Brantley, and Alonso's at first base with the longest single in his career. He was this close to a grand slam, and <laughs> he ends up with a single. And the Indians now lead it 11-3. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, line drive, left field. That gets down for a base hit. Skips to the wall. This will score two more. Alonzo's on his way to second. He's in with another double. That's 11. And the Indians are one shy now of tying the franchise record in doubles as Alonzo has his second double. Fourth hit of the game, and the Indians lead it 15. 15 to three. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. That was last Sunday in Oakland when the Indians' bats exploded for 15 runs and 11 doubles were part of their 20-hit attack. We caught up with Yonder Alonzo on Monday and asked him what the biggest difference was for the offense on Sunday after they struggled in the first two games of their series with Oakland last weekend.
3: You know, uh, if I had an answer for you, I would probably tell you. Um, I would have probably. We may have not have talked about it right now because we would have figured it out. Um, I think it was just a quirky, wacky, weird couple days there. Um, You know, then I think you know that third game we kind of all settled in and understood we needed to score some runs. You know, our pitching staff was doing an unbelievable job as they as they've done all year, and we just felt like we needed to take a little bit of uh, you know more control and of take it upon ourselves to make sure we, we start things off uh, on the right note yesterday and hopefully now we're, we're here in kansas city and we can continue that
1: and i know you mentioned it's hard to figure out sometimes can you chalk it up to that saying it's just baseball some things are just baseball
3: well i think so and some things too you got to give credits to 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 the oakland a's and they they pitched the ball very well those first two days um heck i think their starter yesterday pitched okay as well for being a young guy so He had some pretty electric stuff. He's, you know, 96, 98, and he was throwing all his pitches for strikes, so he was pretty tough as well. But I just felt like, you know, we were getting some good hits, some cheap hits, and then next thing you know, you know, we started hitting some doubles. We started getting on base with two outs, uh, and, and, you know, we made him pay.
1: And and for you, a good day at the plate, and there's been a lot of those the first half of the season, and this is our first chance to see you on an everyday basis, and it seems like things are going really well. But from your perspective, are you feeling good about the first half?
3: I always feel like there's so much better. Uh, I always feel like you can do so much better. And, and I think for me right now, it's not to get so caught up on what I've done already in the past, but how can I get better every day, you know? And I, I think for me uh, personally, uh, you know, I'm okay. Uh, I think there's a lot more out there in the tank and hopefully, uh, you know, these next half of the season that's left, uh, we can see more of it, you know, as long as I'm healthy and I feel good and I'm energized, uh, you know, good things can happen.
1: You mentioned that talking about yourself. It, it seems like the team might be in in a similar spot where there's a lot of room to grow here, even though it's been a decent first half.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think you can talk to all the guys here, and they'll tell you the same way. That's the way we think. That's the way we go. And us as baseball players, you know, we we always can feel like there's you know tomorrow will be a better day. Tomorrow will be a better day. So um, just gotta go out there, make sure you get your work in. You know, make sure you work right, smart, and uh, you know after that, just get ready to compete.
1: Yonder Alonso joining us, Tribe first baseman. So the Indians are in Oakland over the weekend, a place where you played and and had good success. What does it mean when you go back there? I know it's not the first time, but when you do go back, what kind of memories does that bring back for you? A
3: lot of good memories, you know, especially the the group of guys that were there when I was there, a bunch of young guys who just kind of were getting their feet wet uh, in the big league level, so trying to kind of mold them into what a a professional and a big leaguer has to do every single day to get ready to play. So for me, I I get a lot of pride into it, and, you know, it's very nice to see guys do well Uh, in Oakland Um, but you know it's definitely uh, I had one of my better career years there so um, it's always nice the fans there are incredibly loyal Uh, the staff is incredible there as well with Bomell and uh, just the front office they gave me the opportunity to go go in there and play every day and do my thing and and just work and and prepare.
1: And with all that said how difficult was it even though you were going to a a team that had a better record and and might have had some playoff aspirations how tough was it to be traded away?
3: It was tough, man, um, especially for my family. You know, I think, I think the trade in itself wasn't tough. I literally had to pick up my locker and move it to the other side because we were playing the A's that same day. But I, I think more the, the leading up to it, you know, the weeks leading up to it for my family and, you know, my son and my wife, myself included, you know, you just didn't know where you were going to end up. So I think once that got all cleared and we all got that out of the way, it was a lot better.
1: And we're getting close to that time of year where the All-Star game's right around the corner. You had a chance to play in it last year. And it's special for everybody, but explain why it was so special for you last year's All-Star yeah, game.
3: Well, last year's All-Star game was at my house in Miami. So for me, it was uh, extremely special, and uh, it was a time that, you know, I would never forget. Obviously, with my family at hand, my dad was next to me the whole time. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was an un- unbelievable moment and, uh, you know, a special time definitely in my life.
1: All right, Yonder, thanks for the visit. Appreciate uh, it. You got it, man. That is Yonder Alonzo, Tribe first baseman who has more than capably filled the spot vacated by carlos santana who signed with the phillies as a free agent and alonso has been tremendous both offensively and defensively as well stay with us when we come back we will visit with cody allen in the history books now as the indians franchise record holder in saves after back-to-back saves on tuesday and wednesday nights in kansas city that's coming your way next on the cleveland clinic indians radio network It has been a fun summer in Cleveland. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Indians taking on the athletics this weekend, and a lot of baseball here. Heading into the all-star break for the Indians, this is the beginning of a 10-game homestand for the Tribe. Don't forget, after Oakland leaves town after Sunday's game, the Reds are in town Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, the annual visit. From our neighbors to the south in the state of Ohio, the Reds will be here for 7-10 starts. Again, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights. Still some good seats available for that series, so jump online at Indians.com to pick up your tickets. And then the Yankees come in starting Thursday night. It'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, and then a Sunday afternoon game against New York. And there are still some seats available for that series, but again, jump on Indians.com early because most likely those games, certainly Friday, Saturday, and then most likely Sunday and Thursday at some point, will sell out. But uh, they are not yet, so there are still some tickets available. Jump in there and uh, see what you can find on Indians.com, the only visit of the season for New York in the regular season. Well, we continue with our show. Cody Allen had an outstanding week, and really it has been some kind of stretch for Allen since he was called up from the minor leagues during the 2013 season, a 23rd-round draft pick, and now he is the Indians' franchise record holder in saves after his save on Wednesday night in Kansas City, number 140 in his outstanding career. We caught up with him after he tied the record held by Bob Wickman on Tuesday night, and uh, we asked him, is it more than just a number to Cody Allen?
4: Uh, I mean, it's it's a great honor. Um, but I've said it a few times. You know, it's a it's a testament to uh, the caliber of gr- bullpen units that that I've been a part of uh, for the last six seven years. The just the caliber of teams in order to to be put in the situation to to have the opportunities to go out there and and close games out with the lead. Um, you know, it's. It's a collective effort, but it's definitely something I've been very, very proud of, and very fortunate enough to be put in a situation to to achieve that number.
1: And it's always interesting when when you do share a record with someone, and then and then go past them, you may learn about them a little bit. And what have you learned about Bob Wickman the, the last twenty-four hours or so?
4: Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard some great stories. Uh, you know, it's I'm lucky to have Carl Willis here this year, who had uh, who had Wickie here in the past, but. You know, everybody that's, you know, on the staff still here uh, that had Wiki, you know, has nothing but unbelievable things to say about him. guy played 14, 15 years in the big leagues. I want to say he had like 260 saves in his career, which is a big number. A few all-star games. Uh, most saves in a season, uh, I think. No, he's second to Mesa, I believe. But, um, you know, then his little index finger, uh, you know. So, um, I mean, the guy's had a great career, and you hear a lot of great stories about guys who, who came before you, and so they kind of become legends. Um, but uh, but he's definitely a guy that uh, it's an honor to be mentioned in the same breath as a guy like Wickman uh, in his career. So I, I'm just enjoying it right now and then continue to try and play
1: the game. Cody Allen joining us, Indians closer. All right, we're going to go back to the first one. The first of 139. I got it as May twelfth, two 2013, against the Tigers. What do you remember about that day? I remember it was Mother's
4: Day. I remember it was an extra inning game. It was a big series win against Detroit that year. Um, and, uh, you know, coming in to get one guy, they pinch hit Matt Sopo I came in and was pretty nervous. Uh, Jan was catching and um, ended up punching him out. And uh, I just remember, you know, it was a pretty cool experience for me. Your first first big league save, first time in that in that um, spot and, um, you know, it was a big, I think, I think we ended up winning that game like two to one.
1: I have four, three, but two to one will work. Four, three, three yeah, four. It was one run game, one run game. <laughs> and that, that's the key right there. Yeah. Do you remember who started that game? For us. Yes. He's still here. Kluber. No. McAllister. Yes, good right. one. Right. Zach McAllister was the starting pitcher. Do you know who you saved the win for? Still pitching in the major leagues. It's either Matt Albers or Rich Hill. One of the two. How about Joe Smith? (laughs) Or
4: Joe Smith. No, so
1: obviously I don't remember everything about that game. (laughs) But do you know what? You remembered enough. Matt Tuiasasopo. That's a good one. The the guy that you struck out. Uh, So the following year, it, it starts to really kick in. Do you remember? And it seemed like a long time before Terry Francona would even myth, admit that you were his closer. Do you remember when you had that feeling that you were going to be that guy in the ninth inning to finish up games for the Indians?
4: Well, I knew you know, going into that year, um, you know, Shaw had pitched extremely well. We had a guy, John Axford, who had saved quite a few games in his career up to that point. Um, and you know, then things started to transition a little bit, and Scott Atchison was there pitching extremely well for us as well. And Zepp, um, so we kind of did the committee thing there for a minute, but uh, then I think once guys started settling into roles, um, you know, there's a lot of guys down there that had good years for us that year. Atch had a great year. Shaw had a great year. Uh, it was probably one of the better years of my career. Um, but yeah, I just remember, you know, going out there those first few times and, and really trying to 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 calm myself down, being in those tight spots and, and some games, and just learning how to pitch the ninth inning. And I, you know, John Axford was huge for me that year, even though he wasn't pitching the ninth inning at that point. He had been through it all. He had learned from a guy in Trevor Hoffman and Francisco Rodriguez uh, in Milwaukee. And, you know, the lessons that he had learned, he had helped ease me along the way too uh, in in how to handle certain things or how to approach an inning uh, based on the score or whoever was coming up. And so he, I, I learned a lot that season from, uh, John Axford and I tip my cap off to him because I know that was a, a frustrating year for him, but he was in a, as professional as it could be, and uh,
1: and, I, and I learned a lot from him that year. And to close it with our closer, uh, a couple that don't count in the 139 are, are the the ones that clinch regular season, clinch postseason series, a World Series save. Uh, what do those mean to you? Are they do they take a step up because you're on the mound in such a great? situation for the team
4: those 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 are the ones that you know i'll i'll remember forever um you know those experiences celebrating with your team uh those you know kind of big moments uh that you play to get to uh throughout you know the six months of the regular season uh to get put in those positions and have success um those those are those are fond memories that uh that i'll carry with me for a long time
1: I'm sure some good memories still to come, too. And, uh, Cody, thanks so much for coming back. Thanks, Rosie. As humble a player as you will find in the major leagues, Cody Allen. Certainly uh, has done great work as the Indians closer for a long, long time and a lot to come this season. He'll be counted on down the stretch as the Tribe looks to nail down the division and then do damage in the postseason. We continue with Tribe Talk, staying in the bullpen, and a, a familiar name reemerged. During the week this week, as Mark Sepchinski is back with the ball club after doing some outstanding work on the mound in the two thousand and fourteen and fifteen seasons for the Indians, we asked Zepp what it's like to be back with the tribe and if he felt like maybe he never left in some regards
2: yeah, in some regards, I mean the team is uh, you know basically the same um, for the most part, so it's great seeing the guys and familiar faces, um, obviously seeing the coaching staff's been great. Um, You know, bullpen coach-wise, seeing Atch down there, you know, being to play with him, so it's definitely nice getting to know him. A little different now that he's a coach, but, um, you know, I'm just happy to be back and um, trying to help the team win. And And the reason you can be back is
1: because of some struggles early in the season with Seattle. Explain what happened there and why you feel that that you may be just fine and, and the type of pitcher that we've seen in the past.
2: It was just one of those. I, I was working on some mechanical stuff uh, early in the year or early in spring, had success with spring training, and I think I just brought it into the year. Um, and then the adrenaline kicked in and you know, um, and the actual pitching in a big league game <laughs> when it actually counts, um, I think I just was getting crossed up with old ways, new ways, and I let it get into my head. And then um, I think I just let it snowball and it affect my pitches and um, my my stuff wasn't the same with the mechanical issues, and I went back to – saying kind of just going to the old way and kind of forgetting about mechanics and um, just couldn't get on a consistent role. It was one of those, um, you know, I pitched here and there, but you know, on a winning team playing close ball games when you're struggling, it's hard to find the innings Um, when you know, they're winning games one to two runs. I mean, everything after games are winning by one run. So it's just, it was hard to get um, a little bit of consistent role, but You know, I feel like after, you know, just taking a little bit of a breather, (laughs) going home for a week, just realizing that I still, my stuff hasn't changed. And that was the one thing that, um, you know, even DePoto said about myself, my stuff hasn't changed. I think just mentally I was defeating myself with the mechanics and just going out there instead of relaxing, having fun and being confident. I think I was just resulting in going back to, you know, trying to control too much when all I can control out there is, you know, throwing the baseball and see what happens after that. You're mentioning you had several teams that were
1: interested in you. Uh, what set the Indians apart to make it a good fit?
2: You know, it was just, you know, looking at the team and obviously my history here. Um, that was number one. Um, you know, a lot of teams reached out and it was nice to see. The, all of them were saying, "Go to AAA, get right, and um, you know, try to you know work your way back." Uh, but I mean, this is where I feel like when I got traded from St. Louis, kind of uh, re-energized my career just because. I was in St. Louis, had a couple good years there, and then struggling a little bit in 13. Um, then I got optioned down and spent a uh, half a year in Memphis and then got traded here and then ended up um, you know, helping us get to the wild card and I had a good 14 and 15 for the most part, so I got traded again. So it was just my success. Most of my success has been here. Obviously, familiar places, uh, familiar faces. Playing for Tito was awesome. Um, you know, and I'm biased too because I met my wife there So in Cleveland. So it was just, you know, my gut always said come back here. Um, you know, the other teams were... Um, and very intriguing and that stuff, and I appreciate them reaching out. But it was just my gut, you know, knowing playing for Tito, knowing how he knows how to manage bullpen, and you know, I've been with seven teams. It was kind of nice having a team that I've played for reach out and um, come back and just kind of uh, you know give me a sh- give me a shot. And knowing I still I know personally I still got stuff left, but now it's just proven it to uh, uh, proving it to the big league at the big league level. And
1: you saw the Indians quite a bit early in the season yeah. with Seattle, and now you're back for a couple of days. Uh, you have a perspective from what it was like when you were here before. What do you think makes this team a contender again when, when you look at it and from the other side and on the, also from this
2: side now, I mean, on both sides, offensive uh, offensive pitching, obviously you look at the starting pitching and you know, they've done a great job. I mean, it's nice coming back to uh, seeing the guys that I, I played with and knowing how good they are. And then obviously seeing our lineups. I mean, <laughs> when I played with Jose um, a couple of years ago, I, would have I I don't know I say he ever expected thirty homers or forty homers, but, you know, it's nice seeing them turn in there and obviously I saw Lindy as a rookie. Um, you know, those two guys are catalysts to the offense and then obviously the guys that have been producing here for a while. So I mean one through nine it's a great lineup and starting pitching and obviously um I think some of the familiar faces that I don't know is a bullpen. Um, you know, but I feel like, you know, obviously Cody having Cody at the back end solidifies the ninth inning for sure and then just working in, um you know, I played with Ollie in Washington and seeing what he did and, and seeing his long career. So it's just, you know, nice coming to a team that I know and obviously, you know, having a great offense and obviously the starting pitching definitely helps too. Well, great to see you again. Thanks a lot for coming by. Of course. Glad to be back.
1: That's Indians reliever Mark Sebchinski giving the Tribe a boost from that left side out of the bullpen for the time being. And great to have him back in the fold for a bullpen that has been rapidly improving as the season has gone along. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk about a a lifeblood of the Indians organization, that farm system, and uh, some new names added to that farm system earlier this week as the international signing period took place. We'll hear from Paul Gillespie, who's the Indians' Senior Director of Amateur and International Scouting. Seven players signed this week. We'll talk to Paul about them when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic... Who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors.
0: Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't gonna
2: light the candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick. If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say
1: it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in
2: California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment here at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us, talking baseball and uh, what a great weather weekend here. Big crowds on hand as the Indians are taking on the Athletics at 4:10 on Saturday, and then a 110 first pitch on Sunday afternoon. The Indian senior director of international scouting is Paul Gillespie, and recently. The signing period open for international players, and these are the youngest of the young. You can sign an international free agent at the age of 16. And when we caught up with Paul about the signings that took place, it seemed like an impressive start once again for the Indians in that signing period, and uh, Paul certainly backed that up.
0: Hey, Russie, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, we're really excited. Um, July 2nd is uh, really sort of the Super Bowl for us. It's a really exciting day. Uh, we were able to uh, to sign these seven players, and um, our our scouting staff just did a great job of of uh, getting to know these kids, and, and we're we're really excited.
1: And there's some similarities to the the amateur draft certainly, but there's also some huge differences. And before we get into the specific players, uh, explain uh, how wide ranging it is and how much different it is from. What happens with with the amateur draft here in the states that was recently completed and and how you go about finding these players to sign when that international signing period opens?
0: There are some similarities, but as you mentioned, there are some differences as well um you know I think the things that the things that are most similar is you know you're just trying to to get the best class uh for for your club um but uh there's a little bit diff there's a little bit of differences there with uh, in the draft, you, uh, you have a draft position, and when it's your turn to pick, you select a player and you do that um, through the, throughout the course of the draft. Um, in international scouting, uh, it's, it's free agency. So um, July 2nd is probably the more uh, popular or well-known uh, part of the international process, but you know, there's kids that are eligible to sign literally every single day. So it's a little bit more of a uh, fluid process. Senior Director of International Scouting for the Tribe, Paul
1: Gillespie, joining us as the international signing period has begun and, and seven players signed by the Indians, um, many of them at the age of 16. And so they're a ways away. And, and to kind of pull this full circle, Paul, uh, for fans who are wondering, well, they're 16, it's going to take them a while, and and uh, will we ever see them? There's a certain third baseman in the major leagues for the Indians who's having a tremendous career who came through this process. So uh, fill us in on, on the possibilities that, uh, that it could happen for any of these players.
0: Yeah. I mean, we think the, we think the possibility for these kids is, uh, is, is definitely there to, to, to become major league players. Um, You know, as you know, not all of them make it, but um, our job is to just try to fill the system with um, the best prospects and the best players and the best people that we can. So, um, when you when you do a job like this, you definitely root for the kids and you want to watch them and you know see them grow into major league players. But um, our job is to just you know do the best we can and and just pump in the to the system um, with with really good players and really good prospects, really good people, and uh, and do the best job we can uh, for the Indians. And every once in a while, a Jose Ramirez comes through
1: that process and that system. And uh becomes one of the best players in the major leagues right now. And uh, that's certainly uh, something that the scouting department can hang their hat on. And uh, I know you work uh, before we let you go, you work with uh director of Latin American Scouting, Kobe Perez. And uh, how important is his role in putting this all together?
0: Oh uh, Kobe, he he does such a great job for us. I mean he is he is really sort of the eyes and the ears uh for our scat- for our scouting staff. He's uh you know really well connected um in uh in the industry. And a uh, tremendous evaluator, really good communicator. Kobe does a great job, and without him, we certainly would not have been able to uh, put together this signing class. Well, congratulations on the class so far. I know you'd you mentioned that uh, it's
1: open, you can sign players all the way around till next June 15th. So, best of luck with that. And, uh, Paul, always nice to have you on. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Thanks for having me. That is Paul Gillespie, the Indians' Senior Director of International Scouting. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week right here at Progressive Field as the Indians' final homestand leading into the All-Star break continues with the New York Yankees next weekend. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Live Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.